Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the All the Things ADHD podcast. All the things we do not need to do all the things all the time. Ever. Ever. That was nice. I like that, actually. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, uh, Lee Scalarop said I had to think about my name there for a second. This is how, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. where my head's at right now, but I'll let you I introduce yourself. You. I lulled you into a coma with my yes. beautiful, relaxing song. Yes. Um, I am your other co-host and noted songstress, uh, Amy Hope Morrison, hoping that that sounds tuneful when I hear the recording next week. Yeah, it'll sound fine. Yeah, we'll see. It's good. I mean, we'll hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's All like right. when I say, it, I'll see, see you next week, listeners. What? Mm-hmm. I don't. The, that one famous um, uh, line in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Wait, listen. Do you smell that? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that, you know, I didn't notice that because I think that's like the most ADHD thing that's ever yeah. been said, right? Yeah. Um, maybe we can do another episode sometime on my deep dive into attention studies that I've done recently and why people will turn down the radio to look for a house when they're driving past it. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's well, I can't. Um, yeah. I, I have that too, in terms of, of, uh, like of the end of a trip where I'm like concentrating on directions and street names, nobody mm-hmm. can talk to me and I have to turn down the radio. That's right. Yeah. Very common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So I thought this week um, we could talk a little bit about uh, self-care. Absolutely. Um, and so um, I had a week last week, mm-hmm. like a, just a bad week. Um, mm-hmm. And there were issues uh, mm-hmm. and things. Um, and so at one point I was not handling things very well uh, as as one does, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. um, just last week, actually not handling things well, not feedback. This was not feedback. This, this was something feedback. else. This is the experience. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, it was super early. I think it was like seven 30 or something like that. Maybe a little later, but not that. And I just like, I've had enough of this week. I cannot take it anymore. I'm going to bed, mm-hmm. but I knew I was so wound up. I was so wound up that I was like, there is no way I'm going to be able to fall asleep. So I know meditation isn't for everyone. And I, you know, it, it's, it's helped me mm-hmm. and I haven't been doing it lately. Um, just, I haven't felt I needed it, fell out of the routine, you know, ADHD, right? Like I used to do it a lot when my office was my bedroom sure. and I could just go from the chair to the bed and yep. do like 10 minutes of meditation lying in bed and then get back up and go to the office. Whereas now I've got to go up six flights of stairs um, to get to the same place. So, you know, that's a big obstacle <laughs> as those of you with ADHD know. Yeah. Um, but, but anyways, but I still pay for my Calm app and I still have it all there. And so I went in and they have particular ones for anxiety. Yep. And so I put on 30 minutes of anxiety meditation. <laughs> Like they're like 10, 20, 30. And I'm like, all of it. Hit me with all of it. Yeah. Uh, There's not more than 30. Like I've got about like two hours here. Just loop it. Just loop it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. They actually do that now. They have playlists. They've created playlists of like um, here. If you're trying to fall asleep, here's like six things that'll play nonstop. Right. Right. And I'm like, but anyways, I was not in that headspace to think that far ahead. I just was like. Headspace is the app that I use. Yes. It's a Calm is one. the app that you use. 
Buzz market. Buzz market. Buzz market. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I put it on and probably got through about 25 minutes of it. Right. Had not fallen asleep, mm-hmm. but realized what I needed to do, had the presence of mind and the clarity of mind to realize what it is that I should have done. Mm-hmm. but couldn't do because I was spiraling. Spun out. Yep. Yeah. Spun out. And so went, said the thing I needed to say, did the thing I needed to do. Um, and then was in a much better headspace. Didn't you know, go to bed, watch, you know, watch a little bit of TV and just, you know, but, but it was just, it was amazing to me how just taking that moment and, and it was almost like instinct, right? It was, it yeah. wasn't even, it's just like, I need to sleep and my mind is spinning. Okay. I have this app. I'm just going to put on this app and I'm going to, um, and I'm going to, to, uh, take care of that. Yep. So, and, and I, I, and I felt really proud of myself afterwards because again, not only did I feel better, but I, I was able to get the clarity to, figure out what it is that I needed to do in order to not make the situation better, but just well to cope with it. Yeah. To cope with right. it, but also to, to help all of us cope with it, not just me. Right. right? right. Um, in that sense. And so I, I've been thinking a lot about since then thinking a lot about self-care, especially how do I take care of myself in order to be able to take care of my family and, well, and others. Let me bracket you right there, Lee. Let me say that you deserve to take care of yourself uh, for yourself, right? Um, I think we tend to Good move point. <laughs> in, in wellness culture and hustle culture and the kind of like corporate uh, wellness training that we often get in the workplace, right? Or, or there's posters up around uh, my university, even before the pandemic, it was like, uh, you know, had pictures of students undertaking leisure activities on campus. And it said, you know, when I, you know, play in the intramural squash league, I get my energy back to do more homework. And I was like, no, right. Like we went right through self-care and into to productivity again. And that's like really hard. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, or at some point you were, you were talking about how, when your kids were smaller um, and you were living in rural nowhere, uh, you were doing, trying to do yoga at home And you couldn't because not because you, you know, needed a teacher to tell you where to put your feet, but because you felt overwhelming internal pressure to not spend this time on yourself. Right. And and often like we will say, well, I have to do the yoga because I'm going to yell at the kids. And and once I do yoga, I'm calm enough to not yell at the kids, but let's like, let's stipulate that we're going to do an uh, an episode right now about self-care and uh, fuck everybody else. Like, let's try to sit for a minute in the self of self-care, right? Like this is how self-care gets hijacked into hustle and productivity. And, and it becomes like, like therapeutic in the sense of couples therapy, right? That is supposed to improve your, your, um, your actions to the benefit of somebody, somebody else. Right. So let's, let's say that last week, um, you had a really difficult, um, week emotionally um, and practically triggering in a number of areas about things that you care a lot about and that you were not able um, to act because <laughs> the problems were happening uh, through you and to other people, um, I mean, whose privacy we're going to respect, but to say that you were emotionally very engaged in difficult things um, and practically stymied in what you could do to resolve these situations, which can produce a kind of unbearable um, anxiety 
and difficulty. Um, and so today you've proposed to us that we talk about self-care. And so let's. So meditation does work for you because <laughs> you you started your calm app, you were like in the moment going like, uh, I can't handle this. It's like this, I was going to call it a vine, but that's not right. I think it was a TikTok that wound up as a reel. I, I shared it a lot. I'll find it again to share it. It's like this woman in a field saying like, there was a time when I could handle things and that time is not, is not now. <laughs> right. So no more things. Okay. Right. And they're just like, it's called manifesting. Look it up. Right. Yeah. And I was like, that's so relatable, you know, standing in a bathrobe in the middle of the field, yelling at the clouds to stop uh, sending you things. So you realized in the moment um, that your emotions were getting out of control and that your capacity to act with intention um, or to not feel like you needed to claw your way out of your own skin um, was impaired and that what you should do uh, was queue up <laughs> some meditation. Um, and then from the meditation, which like did not put you to sleep, you what you basically did was like turned it off and turn it back on again for your brain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you, you, yeah. you thought you needed to go to sleep, but you knew step one was like, I'm too anxious. I'm going to turn this app on. And when you turned it on, you sat there long enough to realize you didn't need to go to sleep. You, you had a thing that you needed to say and a way that you needed to feel and a resolution you needed to achieve that was in, within your power to achieve. And then you could do it. Like you couldn't do that in the moment. Um, no. And, and great. Like that accomplished things for other people, but let's, let's sit in that moment of how do you know in your body like when, like no more things. Okay. Cause the time is not now when you can cope with them. And then what do you do to bring yourself back to equilibrium just for yourself? Because nobody likes to sit in that place where you want to, I'm sure all of our listeners will, will know this feeling. It's kind of like a boredom mixed with panic, um, mixed with like catastrophizing and ruminating um, and this buildup of energy in your body that isn't useful for anything. And they can rapidly move into self-harm um, yeah. uh, of all sorts, emotional self-harm, physical self-harm, impulsive decisions. And you just cannot stand to be yourself yeah. for one more minute. Does that kind of describe it for you? Yeah. 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 And I, and, and I think we, uh, particularly because it was so so emotional there's mm -hmm. also just the um like there's a helplessness right yes. that that and then and and that's not necessarily the that just exacerbated it Absolutely. right like because there's yeah. the, there is this this helplessness to it where um you know like i said even coming to the coming to some sort of realization like i said didn't solve anything at all yeah uh, <laughs> it just um you know sort of smooth things over for the for the moment and it was important to be said and so so there there is like now I'm I'm realizing that it's different now like because for me and you've talked about this in other situations and it's never really happened to me before but I I find myself now just getting physically exhausted by it like yeah. that's what I know when yeah. I'm like I start yawning and I start like drooping off and 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 that kind of thing even though I'm all hemped up that's why I said I need to go to bed yeah. Right. And that's because it's because it's just physically, again, talking about it last week, like when we get feedback, we feel it physically. That's right. Right. Like it, we have yeah. a physical reaction to it. And this is, again, a physical reaction where it's just you're tense and tight and and not. And so my body now it's maybe it's because I'm getting old or, you know, whatever out of shape. But my body's just like I'm tired. We're just tired. Yeah. Can we just lie? To, like, we need to go to sleep. Can we just lie in a dark room, please? Just why? And you know, it, it's 
it is it is pretty much my body like you said saying you need to reset right now yeah like you yeah, just need to like turn, turn it, it, back turn on it again. off yeah. um and and it's not even like because because remember i was saying like when we were talking about it like i could we could you know, I could engage more, but this is, this is my body literally saying, no, you can't engage any more than you already have. You are over-engaged at this point. You are too invested. You are Mm -hmm. too much. And you know, you're at the same time that you're not actually present and that's not a great combination. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that kind of overwhelm, like you're experiencing a sensory overwhelm and like some of it is, is, is physical because you're panicked and you're clenching, like you're actually clenching up your body and that makes you tired rapidly. And like when you lift your shoulders from anxiety, it will give you a headache. And, and, and so your, your physical movements are, are reinforcing and then amplifying your emotional upset and your emotional upset. Um, because people with ADHD, we've discussed many times before tend to feel things like an extra 30% to 50% in every direction, right? Right. At least you know, something, if something, you know, strikes somebody as a little bit funny, it will strike me as hilarious. And if something strikes somebody as a little bit sad, I like will be in a puddle crying like that. Yeah. And that's how we are. Right. And so we can become rapidly emotionally overwhelmed. And then also we don't have great executive function often. So we have difficulty managing the, the kind of like control center of like, why does my body feel like this? Why does my heart feel like this? Why do my yeah. feelings uh, feel like this? Uh, and then everything fritzes out and we get tired, like really yeah. tired. And that's We're great so because tired. we often, like many people do Western culture is like this, particularly in ADHD people are like this in particular is we have an action bias, right? Something has happened. Uh, and now I have all of this panic energy, um, in my body. Um, and I'm having bad feelings and I need very desperately to get them out of my body as quick as possible. So I have to do something, something yeah. to resolve this situation. Right. And like in your, your sort of less urgent cases, it's like, I will have a second cup of coffee, right. I will eat an entire bag of Cheetos, or I will like go for a run, or I'm going to answer this email before I've even finished reading it. Right. Yeah. Like some, some, or like somebody we were talking about in our episode about feedback, somebody, begins their feedback to us and we defensively lash out because we need to do something right away um, to to get rid of that feeling. And um, it's it's difficult for us to maintain the strategies that we talked about last week, which is like, just take a moment and calm down when you are at the edge of burnout all the time, right? Or when things have piled up and piled up and piled up and what it would require for you to be your best self uh, is taking more out of you than you are gaining in return. There comes a time um, and this happened to you last week, and it, it happens to me in week eight of the semester where the world has demanded um, too much yep. from you cognitively, emotionally, relationally, physically, even, uh, and you need to pull back. And like, that's what self-care is. Self-care, right, is essentially, you know, I love this, the boundaries, right? Yeah. The distance I need to put between you and me so that I can love both of us simultaneously, right? Yeah. This is put your own air mask on first before assisting others. Except today, like, I think we should both of us try really hard just to focus on what it means to put our own air mask on first, because we both women of a certain age and a certain professional status and a certain family status will tend to um, only be able to justify our acts of self-care in terms of their utility to others. Yeah. So let's, yeah. Talk the only reason I'm putting my mask. mask on first is because as soon as I put my mask on, then I'm allowed to put on my kids' masks. And that's, that's what right. I'm going to do. Yeah. Because I'm no good to them <laughs> Yeah, if I fainted from lack of oxygen. But what if we thought yeah. that it was enough that we would be no good to ourselves if we fainted, right? Like, let's just, 
the act of self-care that this episode for us is today, Lise, I'm going to tell you it's okay to take care of yourself just because you deserve it, not because other people, you know, need to have a higher functioning version of you, right? That's like, that's our self-care in our episode is also to say to our listeners, you deserve to take care of yourself, not as a means of um, getting yourself back on the track and back in the game for other people to win, right? But just for yourself, because we deserve to not be in a state of crisis and overwhelm, right? We all deserve that. That's like, should be Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah. Self-care should be. And I'm sitting here, and, and I'm sitting here as you are, uh, as you're saying all of this. And part of me wants to burst into tears. The other part yeah, of me I is like, is like, really though? Do I? <laughs> right? yeah. Like it's just all of those years of, you know, of of messaging implicit and explicit mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what is expected of us, mm-hmm. and you know, and even this idea of you know, self, like self-care is like, oh, mm-hmm. you can't you even know. get the words out. I know. <laughs> You're like, so even bad. this idea of self, self, self-care, <laughs> self-care. Uh, yeah. Good, good luck, Otter AI transcribing that. <laughs> so, but again, I think that, and I think that that's, I think it's wonderful because it is so important. And I'm sure a lot of listeners are feeling exactly the way I am feeling right now, as you say that. Mm-hmm. that like, yeah, that's fine for you, but like, that's right for me, but not for me. I mean, but not I think, for me, I think it's meaningful that the way you express that to me is like, you're like, well, first I want to cry. I want to burst into tears. But the next thing I think is like, no, I, I don't, do I really deserve that? And like, I think that's a movement like that yeah. you are making in some ways that we all make. So this is like no shade on you, Lee, no, no. but when we confront our own feelings of maybe I am worth taking care of the the kind of the the kind of flood of feelings and memories and practices that hit us if we take a moment and think like what if if it was worth taking a mental health day not to stay home and do more grading but just to like binge what we do in the shadows because like I'm tired and I deserve to feel happy for a change like what if if the the effort involved in thinking that we might be worth that just pulls up everything we've ever been afraid of about ourselves and all the ways that people have treated us poorly and taught us that we didn't deserve that. Again, it's another one of those cases where we'd rather hurt ourselves than allow other people to hurt us. Right. So if we we sit here, we think like, maybe I do deserve that. That thought is so sad. Like how many years we've spent not thinking that, that you're like, I actually would prefer to remain in a place where I think I actually need to take care of myself to be useful to others because the idea of contemplating that I might be worth it just by myself makes me so incredibly sad and is going to require so much psychological work to, to think about. And, uh, and I don't anxious, do it. like yeah. it's making me anxious too. And I'm, yeah. and I mean, I, again, cause, cause I have an ADHD brain and can be 27 different places at once. Right. You know, I, I think back to even, and, and this also get, gets into that whole idea of people with ADHD are lazy. Yeah. Right. Where if I, if I take a day off, which I did last Friday, I did, mm-hmm. I actually did take a day off last Good Friday. I was it. like, yeah, no, no, no. And, and then, um, you know, uh, my son and I binge some, some TV as well. Yeah. Binge some gravity falls, awesome. um, you know, and just, uh, 
just generally, I, I was, I looked at my calendar and I'm like, I'm canceling all my meetings. I just, yeah. I can't, I'm dropping and this is, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I've just, I'm thinking, cause this is, this is how I've always run. Like I can mm-hmm. remember when I was a teenager, um, where I just wouldn't stop. Yeah. Right. Until literally, um, I would get, uh, cramps so bad mm-hmm. that they would mm-hmm. cause me to collapse on the floor. Sure. Like, yep. and that was the only way to stop me. Mm-hmm. Right. That mm-hmm. was really the only way that I would be stopped. And, mm-hmm. but I also remember just being like shamed for that as well. Yeah. You it's know, a kind of perfectionism. Like, how long, how long are you going to be like this? Like, is yeah. this, you need to, you need to get back out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. you've, you've made commitments or, you know, you've done all these things or like, you can't just lie around all day. Like, what do you, you know, where are you going to, and, and so the, I mean, those messages come from us when, again, you know, we're really late uh, we're, when we're really young and, you know, we're lazy or we're not, per, you know, the, the whole, what is wrong with you thing. And like, yeah, there's just right. a lot of sort of barriers for um, being able to practice self-care yeah. because there's a lens that we look at self-care through as being that all of those messages that we've constantly received about ourselves, right? That this is, I need to, I need to take care of myself because clearly I'm not good at taking care of myself. (laughs) Yeah. I need to perfect taking care of myself because it's embarrassing that the world has done too many things to me and I'm not coping well. That's on me. Yeah. Right. I need to get better at coping. So I need to get better at self-care so that, you know, no matter what indignities and unfairnesses the world throws at me, I will be, be resilient. about them. Right. And that just basically individualizes the structural problems of late capitalism. Right. And says, if only you did more meditation, you know, your economic precarity wouldn't bother you so much. Like what's wrong with you? That's just how things are. Like get used to it, get better coping skills. Right. If if only I exercised more. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you exercise more. Only I exercise more. If only I did more yoga. Right. Yeah. Have you tried yoga? Have you tried yoga? Oh my God. I had very bad insomnia again last night. And uh, so I texted my sister, my Wordle result at like four in the morning. Uh, and when she got it many hours later, she's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I was like, well, I don't sleep. And then because she knows I hate this, she said, have you tried meditation? <laughs> I was like, it's a good thing. You know, you're in your own house, I would literally throttle you right now if only I could muster the energy. Like, and she trolls me like that. She's very funny. But um, yeah. but yeah, so like we already feel like failures and we think self-care is for winners, right? Yeah. You know, you you get the the massage after you win the game. You get the sports yeah. massage after you win the game. But like if you didn't go to training uh because you had the flu and now your whole body is tired, you don't deserve the massage yet because you haven't done anything. No, right? So self-care always seems to be. Um, a it's reward. a reward, not a right. Yeah, it's a right. Self-care should be a right. You know, uh, this is where I think um, autistic me can can help you with this, because I'm very clear about just because everybody believes this does not mean it's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And evidence in my own life seems to show um, that I do deserve to take care of myself for me. I mean, sometimes I, I don't, sometimes I make strategic trade-offs or, or sometimes I have to tell myself I'm doing it for other people, but, um, but the world does not deserve to drain you to the point where 
you feel that the world draining you is a failure on your part to be sufficiently giving to the world or resilient. Like you're not the giving tree, right? Like you can only, I I, I thought immediately the giving tree as well, where I'm like, such a, you can only take so much. And, And like the solution to the world demanding more and more of you is not to say, well, I'll try to do better at exceeding my limits constantly. Sometimes it's like, you need to rethink how much you want from me. Yeah. Because it's not fair and I won't do it. Yeah. For starters. So boundaries, I think, are an act of self-care. Just to not say yes to things that you don't want to do or that you feel overburdened, because we always tend to think of like what other people want first. I mean, except me, I'm autistic. And right. So like one of my diagnostic criteria is like deep selfishness, just means I know what I want and I don't succumb to peer pressure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have learned to succumb to peer pressure as part of my socialization, but like the gift of my autism sometimes is like, I can't do that because I will fall apart. Uh, And I don't, I will not, you're not important enough to me world for me to do that to myself. Nope. Maybe there's going to be some sort of penalty where people like, she's a real weakling. And I'll be like, sure. (laughs) Later I'll hate myself. But in the moment I'm like, I know this is going to be impossible. So I can't, I can't do it. Right. So part of self care then is like reestablishing the boundary between you and the outside world. Right. About these are my problems to solve. Right. And then sometimes you have to say, not my circus, not my monkeys. Right. Um, And then that leaves us a little bit of resilience at the end of the day to deal with other things. I mean, when it's it's relational or something happens like a pandemic. Right. And like, hey, you need to move all of your stuff online. And now you teach asynchronously and now you have to make videos and all your students are nothing but a series of emails. Uh, And remember, I had a freak out. Right. Yeah. About that. And of course, I did suffer terribly. But I immediately when I was designing my courses was like, I already know this is going to be bad. I need to redesign everything to make space um, for me, because I am not going to martyr myself on this, I will still fail, right? But somehow I'm trying to prove to the world that at least I tried very hard, and that was not going to succeed. And I thought, like, it's better that I survive to teach another term, right? Than that yeah. I expire under the weight of all these emails I'm receiving. And so sometimes self care is like just arranging our our actions um, in the day to day as if we deserved to have our needs considered. Yep. That's one way. But like in the case that you're in, right, a case of emotional upset where people who are important to you are going through things and there's very little you can do about it and other people that you love are deeply frustrating and all kinds of stuff are is going on and uh, you can't fix it right away. I think it's entirely appropriate momentarily, right, to walk away, yeah. to say, this has been hard on me. Maybe it's harder on somebody else right? Maybe the thing that has happened hasn't happened directly to you, um, but something is happening to you. Um, And like, and that's another trick we tend to do. Like, you know, so my mom um, was diagnosed with cancer um, in 2018. uh, And, and that was very bad, mostly really bad for her, but also really bad for me. Right. And, and so um, I too suffered uh, for the several years that, that she was going through chemo and then she was getting sicker and then she was briefly well and then she was sicker and it was an emotional roller coaster. And I mean, it wasn't for me to say to my mom, I need you to be less sick because this is upsetting for me. I had to find my own ways of taking care yeah. of myself, right? I was going to say so that I could, I could take better care of her, but like, no, I, like I needed to take care of myself because, you know, uh, my mom had cancer and again, you know, she was the one that was going to die from it. I was not going to die from it, but that's not to say that it wasn't an incredibly difficult and painful experience for me that I deserve to have some, some care about. 
right? And yeah. that's kind of where we struggle. It's like, oh, my mom needs me in this case, right? My mom needs me to be strong and maybe I can be strong um, around her, but maybe other things in my life, I need to shift them around um, and make space for what a terrible thing this is for me Yeah. also. And that's not selfish to do no. that. That's kind of recognizing um, that things impact you, right? So uh, we're always tempted to minimize, especially neurodivergent people. We're always told like, nobody else finds that itchy right? Like we're yeah. always have to compare like other why people you, have, it why worse. are you being so emotional about this? Why are you being so emotional about this? Yeah. Like, and, and so our reactions are wrong. And so we're like, well, I'm probably overreacting to this, yeah. but like, it yeah. looks like an overreaction, but those are the only kinds of reactions, you know, how to have, right. And it's difficult for us to say like, maybe I, maybe my feelings are okay. And maybe what's wrong is that no one is giving me space um, and what I need to, to take care of them. Yeah. Right? Well, and I think, I think that it is, we don't have a lot of good models. We do not. Right. I don't think we've had, we, we have a lot of good models, especially no. again, Gen X women, um, not saying that millennials or anyone after that have better models, but like certainly Gen X women do not have, uh, good models for this, mm-hmm. um, in, in, in particular. And I think a lot of this is, it's not something we talk about. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's the other part where, people are for fear that we're going to look selfish. And I don't, I'm not even talking about neurodivergent people. I think it's like everyone. We don't want to talk about this because we don't want to appear selfish. That's right. Right. Um, Or greedy or ungrateful or non-empathetic. That's right. Or like we don't care, right. Or we don't care enough or, you know, and so, so even just having this conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, I think people are doing it. They're just not talking about it because yeah. it is something shameful, right? Yeah. Again, like I said, like if I took better care of myself, then I wouldn't need to take care of myself. Right. And I think that that's like, <laughs> better care of myself. That's a real head need. scratcher, that no, one. Yeah. But, but think about it. I mean, that's basically our attitude towards mm-hmm. it, right? If, sure. if you're doing self-care, there was some failure along the way mm-hmm. that has meant that you now need this like corrective measure. Well, maybe right. it's not your failure though. No. Right. No, maybe no. the failure is cultural. Maybe, yeah. maybe the failure is like, say, a university like my university that um, you know, that will will make edicts from on high and then sort of not be responsible for the daily implementation of them, right? And now we have students fighting against faculty members when like really the problem is much bigger than that. And then, you know, faculty members are like, I wish I could support my students the way I want to. And students are like, I wish I could have the education the way I want to. And then everybody's sort of blaming themselves and each other, but really like you can't get blood from a stone. And like, that's our whole culture is like getting, getting more from less, right. Uh, Always getting more from less. Uh, And then, you know, people, um, the 95% in the pyramid get the less and 5% get more and more. And then tell us if only we worked harder, we could, we could have that two more rest. Like it's like Ariana Huffington writing like a book about the importance of getting sleep. Right. When like HuffPo like doesn't pay anybody anything to produce all the content for their thing. Right. People are doing like five stories a day and they never sleep because they need to get paid for something like, so, but you need sleep, but you need, sleep, says right? I need yeah. sleep. Yeah. They're going to be doing like, you know, short 300 word pieces on sleep that they have to place in seven different publications for $35 each, depending on how many clicks they get. And could they do a product placement for each one? And can it be fresh copy for each one? Like, but make sure you get a lot of sleep, right? Like, yeah. like sometimes, uh, I mean, sometimes it's like the classic stop hitting yourself, 
right? Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm not actually, you are using my hand to hit me and then blaming me. Right. Yeah. Why are you hitting yourself? Why, Why are you hitting yourself? Yeah, stop hitting yourself? Stop hitting yourself. Like, and you can't because the yeah. system is holding onto your wrist and, and slapping your own hand re- repeatedly across your face while blaming you for it. Right. Yeah. So like we have to start sometimes, and, and this is difficult for neurodivergent people to be like, maybe we are not the problem. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's not just like, Oh, Amy, which I get a lot. Oh, Amy, you're the only one that thinks that. Oh, Amy. Oh, Amy. That's a cogent critique of hustle culture you're right. Like, that's not what I get. Right. It's like, Oh, Amy, everybody copes. Not me. Right. Yeah, I'm no, the canary not me, the apparently mine. either. <laughs> yeah. I've got the dodgy lungs. I'm in the cage and they like drop me down the chute and I immediately die. And other people are like, well, she died in five minutes. Like maybe everybody else could last for an hour and a half. So let's try that. Like, no, like maybe we don't go down there at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the thing. But since sometimes those conditions are beyond our control, we need to find these moments of refusal, right. And yeah. boundary setting where, we can say, do you know, I need this for me because the world makes a lot of unfair demands and I will change the world, but I can't do it when I'm hungry or angry um, or when I, you know, am three episodes behind uh, in my favorite show. Like I need to do this for me, um, not so that I can live to fight another day, but because what is worth fighting for if we never think we deserve joy? Yeah. Like, what are we fighting for? Yeah. No, it's true. And I think that that like, and this is where we can, you can also think about like, how do we care for ourselves in those moments of stress in those moments, but then how do we also replenish, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm, I'm, so like, I'm at like negative whatever, right? And took that moment of meditation and, and whatever to like, get back up to like, minus five, right? Like, yeah. just like, <laughs> I'm not even going to say I was feeling normal, but at the very yeah. least was feeling like, you're feeling um, you know, a little bit more in control of your yes, own self. Exactly. Yeah. But then there's the flip side of that where, you know, I, and I mean, I, it's, it's a bad analogy, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not, we're not like overflowing versus the empty negative, but, right. but like when we are, and again, this is, it's a, it's almost like we're as neurodivergent, at least for me. And I think others is we're always reactive mm-hmm. rather than proactive. Sure. It's because that's, that's how we are. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we, and, and you get that dopamine and Mm -hmm. (laughs) all that kind of stuff. And also the out of sight, out of mind part, right? Like, I'm not going to worry. I'm fine. So I'm not going to worry about this other thing until this other thing smacks me in the face, because now I remember this is a thing. Right. Right. Like that. And so our brains sort of work that way. And then, so it's like, how, what do we do to proactively Mm-hmm. you know, cause we have the boundaries and that's, you know, I think you're right. That's important. I'm getting a lot better at those too. And I hope listeners are, are getting better, or at least thinking a lot about boundaries, but what are we doing that that's additive? That's nourishing. I think yeah. in a lot of cases as well, where we're thinking about, you know, and, and, and I think I mentioned this about my sewing where I realized that it's this interesting paradox that it, like I was, I thought was fascinating is that I realized sewing is probably the most selfish thing I have ever done mm-hmm. because it is literally for nobody else other than me. Mm-hmm. Right. But nobody calls it selfish. Everybody right. praises it. Right. Everybody's right. like, Oh, you're so pretty. And Oh, you're, you're doing so well. And this is great. And so it's like this thing that is like, like, again, like the definition of selfishness, like it benefits literally no one except me. And I love that. I really do. Okay. But 
but the but the flip side of that is like all of the ways that I have been called selfish throughout my life. Right. And so there's this like, and again, I'm I'm sort of I'm smiling now because it's one of those I've removed from the situation, sort of looking at this almost academically, going like, huh, this is really interesting. So I'm actually being selfish, and everybody's praising it. But all of those times growing up and wherever where I was accused of being selfish, and didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I appeared to be selfish, but I wasn't actually being selfish. At least not consciously, the way I'm being selfish right now. And I'm just like, huh, that's really interesting. I felt like I'm, like. And again, it's this problematic term, particularly in our society to think about like, what, it, what is selfish? What is selfishness? How does, how are we interpreting that? Um, yeah. I mean, I, but- I think there's a, there's a selfishness that is like, let's say I'm cutting a piece of cake in half and you and I are both desperate for a piece of cake and there's only one. And I'm like, okay, I'll share it with you. But I kind of deliberately give you like a little bit less cake than me. Right. I cut it and I'm like, no, no, I'll, I'll take this one. Cause Oh, I touched it with my thumb. Right. Cause normally like if you, somebody cuts and then somebody chooses, right. That's how you yeah. make sure it's fair. Like that's selfish. Cause I'm taking something from you for my own advantage. Right. Like that's a type of selfishness. Um, yeah. A different type of selfishness is nobody benefits from this activity except me. You're not harming anybody. No, no. Right. Well, like except the, my bank account a little bit. <laughs> your bank yeah. I mean, these are choices that you're, that you're making, right? Like, so yeah. selfishness, I think it's a bad rap sometimes like yeah. selfishness is like when you go uh, to the buffet and you take all the shrimp, you know, Eleanor shells drop in the good place, right? You take all of the shrimp and you stuff them in your bra um, and in your purse and in your pocket so that no one else is going to get any shrimp. Cause that's how much you like shrimp. That's a selfishness in which your desire for something um, impacts on other people's rights. You know, the buffet was for everyone, right? The little free library don't like, I guess now there's a thing people are going around to little free libraries with suitcases and they just take all the books and then they sell them, right? Like, no, like you can take as many books as you want if you're intending to read them, right? Like that's, that's the goal. Like, so there's a kind of selfishness that takes away from other people, right? Like somebody goes into the work supplies cabinet and takes all of the whiteboard markers because like, you never know when there's going to be more whiteboard markers. So you might as well take all of them now, even though, you know, this is going to be three years worth of whiteboard markers, but other people need them now, right? That's selfish. Um, Another kind of selfish is, is when you're like, I like sewing, you know, I'm going to sew, I'm going to make stuff for me. I'm not going to make clothes for my kids because they don't want them. And that's going to be a lot of fighting. And like, I, I just like these pretty fabrics and I like doing this activity. Um, and that kind of selfishness, I think, would be more accurately described as leisure yeah. or rest. Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. My dog is going to start barking now for some reason. Um, I saw so, a UPS truck drive by in the background, so maybe it's that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, because like, I, there's no way I can put this like Zoom window that isn't going to show what's happening um, in the background on the street. Um, yeah, so like a, a kind of selfishness that can be understood as leisure, right? And uh, we did a couple episodes on this we like did two because it was like so complicated for us to think about like what is rest and again rest was like an activity just for me right leisure is a uh, and play are activities that have no purpose yeah right other than the enjoyment um and being in the present moment and like that's an act of self-care which I think we talked about in that episode yeah we did yeah right and and so if like self-care and selfishness I think we said then too are different things but we keep coming back to it Mm -hmm. because this is not a culture that makes space uh, for non-productive activities, productive in the economic sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So it's like, I always turn like, Oh, I'm going to get really good at yoga. I love going to yoga. I'm going to go to more yoga. Now I'm going to be trained as a yoga teacher. And now I have a side hustle. Like, as a yoga <laughs> like this is the story 
of my life. I'm going to write a blog because I like writing a blog and oh, now people want to pay me to write things. So now I have a job writing blog posts. I was like, now it's not fun anymore, right? Now it's, yeah. it's not just for me. Now other people um, depend on me and something that was self-care because it was purely for my own enjoyment um, became something else. And, and if that's selfish to like sew dresses for yourself when you're not like stealing fabric from other people who need it, right? Or like you're not, uh, I don't know, making everybody else in the house not use any electricity because you're sewing machine. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's nothing yeah. in what you're doing that's taking away from anybody else. Like it may be taking away from their perceived rights to your time. Like I don't, I always have to set this boundary with my students. Like I do not answer emails at night. I don't. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a one-line thing and I happen to be online and it's like, do we have class tomorrow? I'll be like, yes. Yeah. The end. Um, but otherwise, like I don't because like you don't have the right to, to leave your question to the last minute in such a way that if I don't give you an answer about, is this an appropriate essay topic? You'll miss the deadline. Like that's actually not a me problem. That's yeah. a you problem. And that's another self-care thing, which is like, I don't want to do this at night because it upsets me. And then I don't sleep or it interrupts my piano playing time, right. Or my knitting time yeah. or my, what we do in the shadows or my Ted Lasso time or what have you. Is it selfish to deny my students access to me all the time? I mean, I guess so because it's, it's about me and it's not about them. Uh, but is it reasonable? Yeah. And is yeah. it like, like sometimes people, if you make yourself constantly available to them, um, will feel that that is their right. Yeah. You know, like, why are you sewing again, mom? Like, shouldn't you be sitting next to me on the couch and watching me play this video game? Like, like no, but like, no. But you used to do it all the time. Like, so people like will develop this attitude towards your time being, being their time in ways that are difficult to resist when our whole lives, people have in that we've been in relationship with have told us we're doing the relationship wrong. Like, I think we're particularly susceptible Yeah, to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, I, I knew that suggesting self-care was a reframing of stuff that we've already talked about. Well, we have to um, come back to it. It's important. Yeah. Well, then, and I think that's the thing. I think that it's, it's a message uh, clearly that I needed to hear again. Yeah. Me <laughs> right. Too, but yeah. I think, but I think that, that in that case, the listeners too, right. Where yeah. we, you know, again, I, I've served many of you were like, well, that's fine for you guys. You mm -hmm. folks on this podcast, but mm -hmm. me, right? And and you know to to hear it again, to say like it it's it's really important, mm -hmm. right? It is really important. Um, and you know we we don't have it for a we don't I have it have figured out. Siri just decided I said something that sounded oh, like Siri's like, hey, I have some ideas about self care. Get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Right. right. Not sure I got that. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Siri. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, self-care is vexed. Right. And it's another question of like, we have to, to trust our own bodies and we have to trust our own hearts deep down inside. We know we can't cope with things, but sometimes we're so resistant for various reasons. I don't blame anybody for so resistant no. to noticing our own discomfort Mm -hmm. uh, that we will do anything to run away from it. Right. Like this is, this is part of our impulsivity, right? It's like, I, I want to get away from this unpleasant feeling. What do I need to do? Right. Like, that's why when, like, I get upset by an email, my first impulse is to like, just write back an email. That's like a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, 
somebody <laughs> seems to be upset with me and now I want to go do 400 extravagant gestures so they won't be upset with me anymore yeah. that I'm not taking a moment even to think about what are my feelings, right? Which part of this story is my story or uh, do I need to attend to this, right? Like sometimes there's this, this email chain I was included on last week for a work thing that the first email was great. And then every email that kind of got piled on was just appalling, got worse. got worse and worse. And I was like getting more and more upset. And I thought, oh, you know what? I don't have to read these. Yeah, I don't like there was no never going to be an action item out of that. And I was like, yeah, I see where this is going and <laughs> there's nothing I can do. Uh, and it's going to be difficult for me to look at these people. If I continue to read these emails, I don't have to talk about them. I don't have to like check before I go to bed or when I'm sitting on the toilet and read and get angry all over again. If I, I don't need to do that actually. Right. I could yeah. just, I could just let that go. Uh, but you have to be present in yeah. yourself to, to notice that because it is sometimes much more is an immediate psychological satisfaction to get angry about something. Mm-hmm. It is right. Sometimes we'd rather get angry. Sometimes when I'm, I'm sad, I will find something to be angry about. So I don't have to feel sad, sad. anymore. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I'm tired, I will find people to be angry at about why I'm tired so that I don't have to rest. Right. Or, or deal with my own part in it. Um, my husband had a therapist once who said like anger is a secondary emotion, right? It's something we feel um, when we don't want to feel something else. And I would say a lot of our self-care practices that we could undertake are undermined by our anger at ourselves <laughs> and our needs. Right. Yeah. And that anger springs from we're so desperate to get away from our sadness or our tiredness or our disappointment in, in others or um, our feelings of futility about a situation that we don't have control in, our feelings of helplessness, all of these feelings that are unpleasant. We'd rather just get angry at ourselves for not coping better. Somehow, sometimes feels better than saying, I'm going to go sit in the dark and like listen to some Enya and have yeah. a cry, yeah. right? And then I'm like, just going to stay in the dark um, and refuse to talk to people for the rest of the day because I just don't want to, right? Yeah. We would rather find somebody to get angry at, even if it's just us, because anger allows us to feel like there is something we can do yeah. or something we can blame. But sometimes things are just rotten and sometimes you're just tired and yeah. sometimes things are just sad. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think the other thing is that we are, especially as neurodivergence, bad at listening to ourselves because a we've been told not to trust ourselves because obviously there's there's something about everything. But also, uh, and at least for me, you know, when people say, "Listen to your inner voice," your inner voice will tell you what what decision to make. And I'm like, I have 17 inner voices. Sure, and half of them are saying you're a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also, you know, it, it's like, especially when you can spin out and catastrophize, but I mean, even when you're not catastrophizing, even if you're looking at the good stuff, yeah. there's like 27,000 different good outcomes yep. that you see. And yep. it's like, well, which one do I want? Mm-hmm. Well, listen to your inner voice. I'm like, yeah, they just spun out a lot of them. Like, I don't yeah. like, I'm not really sure which one is, is the right one. And so I think that that's something else it's not only the messages that were wrong all the time but yeah even just normal benign things it's like i see 27 choices well Lee, and i'm not really sure which one the right think one about so. this for a moment i know you're a good meditator uh and yeah. so am i um and when you're like well think of all the things that have happened to me before this moment and then think of all the things that could happen after this moment you see that you have evacuated yourself from the present moment yeah, right yeah and and so sometimes the inner voice is not an inner narrative voice 
right? Sometimes the inner voice is just a bodily sensation. So like, maybe we start there, right? Because like, that's true. When people tell me, listen to my inner voice, I'm like, God, I wish my inner voice would shut up Yeah. sometimes. Like, cause my yeah. inner voice is like just constant. It's like yeah. a little bit like the movie inside out in my head all the time, except there's like four of every character and they're all talking at the same time constantly. Uh, and, and I think a lot of ADHD and other neurodivergent people kind of struggle um, with that. And we're thinking about the past and the future and yes, yes. Cheaty, the time knife, uh, so maybe we just need to, you know, this is like a, a, a meditation and an anxiety prompt too, right? Notice three things, yeah. five things that you see, four things that you hear, like three things you can tell, like whatever it happens to be, right? It just sort of says, please stop narrativizing, right? Please yeah. stop looking backwards to say, well, the last time this happened, this, or like my whole life, people have always like, well, shit, yeah. now you're not here anymore. Or like, stop thinking about like, well, if I take the day off today, that will prove to everyone forever. And I will never win. I will never get a full professorship or like whatever it happens to be like, you're just missing that right now your feet really hurt. Uh, and it's too loud wherever you happen to be for you to emotionally cope with something. And you're like, actually, just right now, I would need to be somewhere quiet and I need nobody to talk to me for a bit. Yeah. the end like just yeah. narrow the focus to like what is my bodily sensation um and if I could do something in the next five minutes that was entirely my own choice what would it be like I, that's actually probably good advice for me too right because I'm always like trying to work the angles and narrativize and find the patterns and stuff and so are yeah. you and the oompa band is playing in my head all the time. And I'm like, I don't even know what I want, but I do, I do. But I'm thinking like, what are the consequences if I say, this is what I want right now. Mm -hmm. Right. But I, maybe I need it right now. Like, and the consequences will come. Like the research has shown we're very bad at predicting how we'll feel about a later condition. Right. Very bad. And yet here we are. Yeah. Here we are every time we're like, but if I took a day off, then the following things will happen. And then my life is ruined. Right. Or if I told my family, just don't talk to me for an hour. Right. I'm just going to put my headphones on and I'm going to do chores, but please don't talk to me when I'm doing chores. Cause I need to put my headphones on and that way I'll get in the zone and it feels kind of hypnotic. And I sort of like it. And they'll be like, that's weird. And I'll be like, I'm a bad person. Like, no, I'm just going to say, this is what I want to do for the next five minutes. Yeah. And just let this myself do it. Yeah. This is what I need for the next five minutes. Not like, so there was a, an incident. Um, so in 2019, in the spring of 2019, I, in the span of two days, I won like a really big shirt grant. So it was like a, a project I had pitched and I got like $97,000 uh, for a shirt grant. And then the next day I got a phone call from the Trudeau Foundation saying like, you have an interview for this fellowship. And that was all great news, right? It was, yeah. um, except it happened all at the same time. And yeah. then, um, then my mom had to go in for like another round of chemo and that was unexpected and surprising. And then like, I had all that travel the next year that all these things that happened and um, you know, by the next year I'd come back from a big trip and I was like completely overwhelmed from all these things. And my mom, um, my sister and I used to go up North to see my mom, uh, the weekend of the time change in the fall, because that's when the Christmas teas start, uh, uh in the churches. And we would go, we would call it like Desormo ladies weekend. And we would go up and go to a Christmas tea and hang out with my mom. And I had like literally like gotten off an airplane, done my laundry. And then I was like, I don't know if I can drive to North Bay. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can handle it. I'm so emotionally, and I was crying and crying. And I was like, what if my mom is going to die? But I can't do this. I can't do this. And 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 Tom let me cry because that's what I needed to do. And then he was like, just tell me what your feelings are. And I was like, I am emotionally overwhelmed. I've been doing too much travel. I'm scared about my mom. I don't want to like 
deal with my mom and my dad and their different states of denial about how serious this cancer is and what changes need to happen. And I don't think I can sit in another vehicle for major travel because I'd like just flown back from Yellowknife, which is like not a trivial flight after just flying to Yellowknife. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just a lot. Yeah, no, no, no. And I don't think people quite understand the vastness that is Canada and like how far north sure Yellowknife is like yeah even even Edmonton so like imagine Edmonton is six hours north of the yeah. Montana border yeah. and so that's uh, it's above Montana right yeah. so that's how far west but then Yellowknife is even further west it's another hour flight <laughs> right because like no also it's more you can't, than that yeah you can't fly right to yeah uh Yellowknife you have to fly like through an intervening northern center yeah. to get to there and, and like to drive to North Bay also it's like 450 kilometers and we were going to go up on a Friday and come back on a Sunday I was like I'm just going to die I have to get in one more car and I cried and cried and cried and I was just so overwhelmed and and then Tom helped me triage he's like I think it's really important you're going to really regret um if you don't uh go see your mom and that was right and so but he's like what are the things we cannot do like after what are the things we can radically curtail right so that you can take care of yourself. And, and that was a really profound experience for me mm-hmm. because I could not cope. And I was blaming myself, right? I was like, yeah. I have all these, like, I've got this research project that's granted. I've got this fellowship. That's like this huge travel component. And I'm getting to meet all these amazing people. And it's like this huge opportunity and all this stuff. And like, my, my mom is dying. I need to go see my mom, but also I'm teaching two classes currently. And also like my kid is this age and it was honestly too much for anybody to yeah. cope with. Right. And, and it was okay. Like, like what really turned things around there for me was that uh, I was able to acknowledge uh, that nobody could cope (laughs) with what I was trying to cope with. And it made it okay, you know, for me to say like, I'm not cooking now. And like Tom took over the cooking uh, for a while. And I'm like, like, this is what's going to happen. I'm not doing these other things and I'm going to scale back this other stuff because I just need to spend a lot more time crying and packing (laughs) to go on, on trips. And I I need to find ways to double up on things. I'm not reprepping stuff all the time. And, and that was kind of self-care. And then after my mom died and I was on a a grief leave, uh, I did nothing uh, except make puzzles and watch TV and cry. And then like Tom would come home and I'd be like, I feel so bad because I don't want to make supper. And he's like, like, why would you be better after work? Like if you are yeah. so sad um, and overwhelmed by grief, you know, just because you didn't go to your workplace today doesn't mean that you've built up enough energy in your sort of medically <laughs> medically diagnosed, you know, depression from this grief event. Why would you be able to make supper just because you didn't go to work? You didn't go to work because you're not well. Right. And yeah. I was like, what? What? Right. So like self-care sometimes is is it's really hard to see why you need it in the moment. Um yeah. even though you're not gonna function without it. And it's hard to recognize like what part is structural that you can't do anything about. And like there's no amount of bubble baths that it's gonna make an acute grief process go faster. Yeah. Right. There's no like, well, she's in a better place now. I mean, she's not, or like her suffering is over, which is true, but my suffering isn't because I'm, I'm still alive, right? Like people also, I guess that's another confounding factor is that when you engage in acts of self-care, you are saying to people, I can't cope with this, right? And I deserve to do the things that I need to feel better. Um, And then people become profoundly uncomfortable because they are not doing that for themselves. Yeah. Right. And then people don't want you to do that for yourself. Um, and I was just reading this thing it was a Brene Brown Atlas of the heart book about how like resentment is actually envy. 
right? Like people will be like, oh, I can't believe like Amy's still sad because her mom died. Like, when is she coming back to work? Like she's just, I see her Instagram. She's just making puzzles, right? Like, um, but that's because they might be a person who has denied themselves the care that they need, right? And so it's coming out as resentment when you make a choice to prioritize your own needs because they wish that they had prioritized their own needs or that they could prioritize their own needs. And we can feel that. Like, and I know I have a very generous benefits plan, right? So I could be sick for up to six months and receive full pay that whole time, right? Full pay, just that's what it is. I get a doctor and so I'm out. Most people don't have that, right? But because most people don't have that, it doesn't mean that I don't deserve to take the time that I need, right? Just like, I mean, and that's, you know, when you say like, well, is something, uh, the reason I'm so upset and I need some self-care is because something bad has happened to somebody else, right? Like they have it worse than me. Like, why do I need the care, right? Or, you know, I have access to resources for self-care that other people don't have. Therefore, I should not take them, right? This bedevils activists often, right? Like people yeah. who, you know, who work with with the unhoused will be like, you know, um, why do I want to move to like a, a house with more bedrooms? Shouldn't I be happy with what I have? Because so many people have have less, but Um, but all that does is burn you out quicker, right? Yeah. Your needs are your needs. And if you are able, um, to achieve the acts of self-care with the resources you have available to you, you should, right. That we got to keep the focus, um, on our own lives and what we can do. It's not a selfishness that is taking away from anybody else. Yeah. Right. And if it's not, then that selfishness is really just you knowing what you need um, in order to feel whole again, and you should be able to access that. And that's really difficult. I'm very wary of giving like advice, do what I do, because I know yeah. a lot of people don't have the job security or the yeah. benefits that I have, but yeah. um, it doesn't mean that I don't deserve them. Right. Doesn't mean that they don't deserve them because they don't have access, but me not accessing the resource that I have does not make anybody's life better. Yeah. Right. It doesn't fix that inequity. It's, it's as useful as white lady tears there right maybe when I get back to work after my grief leave I mean I'm I'm on a compassionate care committee right now uh, which is confidential but I will say that that part of that work now is me saying like all employees deserve access to the type of resources I had access to when someone that I loved died and it's not equally distributed around the university right now Um, and it should be but I can do that because I came back because I allowed myself to heal yeah right And so you're not going, you can go in there with an open mind and an open heart Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, ready to make the arguments and ready to have the ridiculous fights. Yeah. Otherwise you might shut, shy away from, shut down from, avoid altogether. That's uh, right. Maybe not even volunteer to be on the committee to begin with. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like people's crankiness about your acts of self-care are really self-critiques in another form. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like, I wish I could do that thing. Or I wish like I had that kind of self-awareness or I wish I was brave enough to say, yeah. I can't do this anymore. Right. Um, yeah. And and that's just an immature emotional response that we are all prey to. God bless. I am. That's why I write reactive emails. Right. Is because I'm yeah. so, so angry about other people's stuff. And it's really just, I'm just tired. Right. Like, and, and so like, I try to that's be gentle. social media in a nutshell. Right. Like, yeah, that's just... right. Yeah. I mean, I try to be gentle with other people's reactions, but I have to be like, that's their circus and their monkeys. Right. Yeah. My acts of self-care. I know it's what I need and I'm trying to feel like it's what I deserve. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that that's, I think that's something I'd really like listeners to take away from this is that, however, and like you said, I, I, it's like giving writing advice. We talked about this, right? I'm not going to give, I, I feel bad giving writing advice. It's like I have an ADHD brain and writing is my superpower. So like, yeah, I can't, right. there's no, but, but I think that, as you said, being present and listening to your body and, and taking those moments to be able to, to say, well, what is it that you need? Right. Mm-hmm. What is it that I need right now? And that I deserve the, this thing that I need. That's right. Um, because again, in a lot of cases, we don't take the time to even think about or reflect because we're reacting, right. Yeah. Reacting, reacting, reacting. We're not stopping and saying, okay, what do I need right now? Right. Yeah. Cry, pull away, you know, and that's going to be different for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a much different sort of thing and it'll change. It used to be for me, it was going to the pool prior, yeah. previously. Right. And now yeah. it's not anymore. Um, you know, for lots of reasons, but doesn't, mm-hmm. but it, but that's okay. Yeah. Right. I did beat myself up for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't swim anymore and you can't swim. And why aren't you swimming? And mm-hmm. you would be so much better if you just swam again. And I was like, oh, no, yeah, great. no, I wouldn't yeah. not right now. Yeah. You know, I, I'm much, you know, so, so thinking about those things and, and really taking the time to, because this is the self-care as well. So the first step mm-hmm. is taking the time to figure out what self-care it means to you and is yeah. to you and yeah. what you need. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then the, the harder, maybe the harder part is asking for it, but mm-hmm. certainly, you know, we've all had that moment, right? Yeah. I, we see it in our kids in particular, but you and I have both had these moments. And I think you have too, where it's like some, you, somebody who loves us wants to help us and, and you're like, what can we do? And you're just like, I don't fucking know. I don't. Fucking right. Know. Like, I don't even know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, um, I see it in my own children when they're like, help me. And I'm like, I'm trying. And they're like, yeah, you know, not like that. Nope, not, not like, like that. that yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not like that either. Yeah. Um, and I think in a lot of cases we, we have that where something's wrong. We mm-hmm. need something, mm-hmm. but we never get to the point where we stop and say, okay, what is this something that I need? That's right. What is it? What is it that I can actually articulate? Because I think that that's the scary part is that once we know what we need, then we have to ask for it. Yes. And we might get rejected. So the Mm -hmm. people might say, no, people might have those accusations. Like you said, we're catastrophizing. We're, you know, spinning out on, on the possibilities. Like it's better not to know what I need because then I can't ask for it and I can't get turned down. That's right. So oh, yeah, classic. Right? Like, yeah. Like we're we're our own worst enemies. I was I was talking to you, I was I was saying this, and this is, you know, as as a parent in particular, mm-hmm. right? Is that we can very much we could very much we can't keep our kids completely safe, but you could sort of plan for the externalities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we can mm-hmm. wear your helmets, right? Yep. Here is your you know, like it, it's, it sucks that we live in rape culture, but here are the mm-hmm. things that you should do in order yeah. to protect yourself while we were to de-escalate to... a dude that wants to talk to you on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And they're right. Or, and this is, you know, here's, here's what you do if there's a bully and here's mm-hmm. what you do, you know, like, so we have all of these things in terms of externalities and then it becomes like, well, what if the voice is coming from inside the house, right? right? What if the call is coming from inside the house? And I think a lot of cases for us too, we we externalize, we try to control our environments mm-hmm. 
you know, set everything up so that we try to make it as perfect as possible for ourselves, which is important too. Like, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but then we don't take the equal amount of time to sort of figure out our own internal structures to be able to say, and here's how I need to set things up for myself internally so that I have, you know, so that I have that same sort of balance. Well, and I, I think that's like the classic cognitive error that we're all prey to is that we do really think we can control other people's behaviors. Yeah. Right. And we can't, we can't, like, I can't control whether people get vaccinated or not. I can't, you know, control whether my students read the syllabus. I can't control whether my kid remembers to take their meds in the morning when I'm not awake yet. I can't control any of that. The only thing I can control is my behavior. Right. Um, And 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 that can be hard though, too, because a lot of times we feel like we're not in control of our own behavior. Well, because we're not, because because we think that our behaviors will resolve if we could just control other people's behavior. Mm. Right. If this person would stop being so annoying. Right. Then I would not write such angry emails all the time. Right. But I can't (laughs) make them not write those. Like I can't make them be less annoying, but I have to think like, what is the work I can do on me? And like, so the good news is when you reframe and that's self-care, Right. Um, When you reframe from like, it is the world like that I have to change right now so that I can feel better, which again, makes us deny our own needs because we're busy, like trying to fix other people or other situations. We're trying to like single-handedly end the pandemic, like, which good luck to you. You're just going to get very tired uh, and not accomplish anything. Um, We uh, avoid making changes in ourselves that are going to be more effective, but are more difficult simply because they can be effective. Like you can really get a good righteous rage going, um, about, um, about something external and how awful it is. And that's why you're tired all the time and you're angry all the time. And you're like stress eating bags of Cheetos. That's my thing. Like, and you can blame everybody in the whole world for that. And, And often you're right, but the only way you're going to feel better is by changing your own behaviors. Like, and this is not like what I was critiquing before about taking individual responsibility for like the world being shitty. This is just like, you know, I can diagnose all these structural problems in the world, uh, but that's not going to change them. And I can throw myself at those problems, but if I do it when I have a headache and I really need two hours of quiet, um, it's not going to be effective and I'm just going to feel worse. Like there's no sense in doing that, right? Like, uh, but there are things I can change about like what time of day am I going to read the news, right? Which apps am I going to take off my phone? Am I going to read my work email after 5 p.m. if reliably it makes me upset? The emails will yeah. be there in the morning, right? Um, I don't have to do it now. So I'm I'm being responsible for my own behavior. And sometimes it's hard to change those behaviors, even if they don't serve you, right? It's really yeah. hard to stop checking your email because it feels good to be mad at other people, even if it makes you miserable, Um, it's sometimes easier to do that than to say, I need to be the kind of person who can let this go for a few hours. Yeah. Right. So maybe step one is just don't read the emails because you can't let it go. Once you read them, maybe like expert level is I can read the email, but I don't have to respond or get upset about it. Right. And that's like key for parenting too. Cause like teenagers are going to teenage. Um, and sometimes you have to be, I guess my goal right now is like to keep them safe so that they make it through to a time when they will be more reasonable about their own behavior, right? Um, And that's all I can do. I can't make somebody else happy, right? Um, But it's just for us often so much easier to try to achieve impossible things than to realize how much agency we have to change our own behavior. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
So I'm not blaming you for being upset. No, no, no I'm saying not. good for you. What yes. you did in the moment was you had the wit to recognize I cannot cope with this right now. And then the thing you didn't say to yourself was, but you must, right? Because a better yeah. person than you would cope with this right now. Absolutely. Everything needs to be done right now. You had the presence of mind to be like, I can't cope, cope. And also the presence of mind to know nothing will be lost if I take some time for myself. Yeah. And then you did and it helped. And I think that is the bravest thing I have heard of anybody doing all week. And it must've been hard for you to not be reactive. And it must've been hard for you to say bad things are happening to other people, but my priority right now has to be my own self-care. I think that's incredibly brave. And I'm so impressed. Thank you. Didn't feel, it didn't feel brave at the time. Mm -mm. It never does, right? No, it never does. But thank you. It, it was, you know, everything, everything is better now. I'll say that to listeners. Everything is, is better. It's not great, but it's better. Um, but it was, a. I think again, as you could tell the moment stuck with me, Yeah. right. Cause there's in again, that ADHD thing where it's like, okay, I did this thing, huh? I just did this thing. (laughs) Right. Right? You're watching yourself doing it and you're like, huh? Good, good, that worked, huh? Maybe I should think about this a little more <laughs> in terms of like what we, what, what can be done. Um, so I think we'll end it there. Yeah, gone on. It's been a little more than an hour. We didn't talk about uh, bubble baths at all. No, just so you made the one mention. I did make the one. Oh, mention. You, the, the, the thing I want to know because you said you were going to save it. Your March ritual. Your the tree. The plant oh. behind you? Oh, my plant behind me. Yeah, my March ritual. So self-care for me. Um, I like to have green things in my house. Mm. So behind me, I have a giant plant now. And and I said, oh, it's it's a, you said, like, oh, it's a really nice plant. It's really big. And I was like, yeah, it is. And then I was going to tell you a story. And the story is this. Um, I said, it's hard to kill. And you're like, I could kill it anyways. Uh, <laughs> the nursery that I like to buy my big plants from every March, every March, ask me how I know, has a tropical plant sale where all the tropical plants are 20% off. So uh, I keep my plants going for as long as I can. I I had one uh, die last year uh, from a fungal infection. That is not my fault, right? I I did a good job. And then I had to throw that plant out and I was so sad. I felt like a failure. Then I put my winter tree up, which is like a Christmas tree that doesn't have any decorations on it. Um, And I usually take that down um, around the the spring ahead, right? The mm-hmm. time change, uh, yeah. which I did. And that tends to coincide with the tropical plant sale. So I can take that tree down. And then every year I go to the nursery and I'm like, well, maybe I'll kill this before next year, but you know what? They're on sale in March yeah. every year. So I go, um, and I try to, buy and, and you'll have the tree in there. You'll have the yeah. tree in there once the holidays come. That's right. Once the holidays come and then I can wait till March of next year if I have to, but maybe I won't kill the plant this year. So so, so we will see. And that's like one of my self-care rituals is like, try to find easy care plants because green things in my house, um, make me happy. Um, and oh, one bathtub anecdote, my kid has been taking baths lately. And when I take a bath, like we go to lush and we get bath bombs and stuff. Yeah. And I like it. Cause I just go in there and like change all the mood lighting and I light some candles and I make the water really hot and I just read stuff like yeah. until I turn into a prune and then I go to bed. Right. Cause like all the blood comes to the surface when you're in like the hot water and it just makes yeah. you very sleepy. And um, so my kid wanted a bubble bath and I was like, all right, great. So we went to lush, we got them a bath bomb and then they like get their little stand set up. And I was like, okay. Cause they like to watch shows. And I saw them in there. They were 
I could hear them yelling through the door. I'm like, what are you yelling about? And they're like yelling at the television, right? Their iPad. And I went in there. I was like, why are you yelling at the TV? I was like, I heard you yell something like, oh, I see why people ship it. They were in two entire frames together. That's less than one second of footage. Of course, there's a whole fandom for this now. I was like, I, I enjoy shit talking. My This is relaxing for me. I was like, okay. And then okay. I was like, are you watching My Hero Academia? And she's like, yeah. Uh, they were like, yeah. And I was like, hey, you're watching the dub, right? We watched the sub. Um, and they were like, well, ah, you're being elitist. And I was like, no, like the voices are terrible and I hate it. And then they were like, well, look, mom, this is my relaxation time. I like to roll around in the tub. I don't want to have my eyes glued to the yeah. screen reading the subs. I have to roll around in this water and I have hair to wash and my butt to clean. And I was like, okay, All right. can I write that down? And they were like, you can write that down. I have, I have to roll around. I don't want my eyes glued to the screen. I have hair to wash and my butt to clean. And I was like, that's self-care. They like yelling at the, the anime that they're watching. And usually they watch the subs because yeah. the voice acting in Japanese is better usually. Yeah. But in the tub, they're like, you know what? I want to have my head half underwater, right? I don't want to yeah. be constantly staring at the the subs I have my hair to wash and my butt to clean and I laughed so hard so self-care for me now is like sitting at the piano outside of the bathroom and listening to my kids shit talking characters <laughs> my hero academia yeah my hero academia yeah BNHA to those in the know and uh and yeah so that was like my little moment of zen I was like your self-care might be different than mine but that's what you enjoy I'm like yeah. I don't usually go in the tub to yell at stuff right <laughs> Like, I don't want to yell. And they're like, but I enjoy doing this. And I'm like, you do. And then I could hear them squeaking as they were rolling around in the tub, sort of like porpoise style, like doing yep. sideways rolls. And I was like, okay, great. Like, yeah, you know what that's you That's awesome. Like. And that's awesome. Yeah. So like, let's leave everybody with like that great, that great kind of image of like, when you listen to your own body, this is what you get yelling at the TV while you wash your own butt and roll around. And that's your happy place. That's your happy it. place in lush with lush bath bombs. With lush bath bombs, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Oh, that's great. That mm-hmm. that made me laugh too. <laughs> Good. Self care, laughter self-care. is self care. <laughs> All right, so um, I am ready. Writing on Twitter, I am Digiwonk on Twitter. And you can always email us at uh, allthethingsadhd at gmail.com. Um, there's our website, allthethingsadhd.com. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, hope this episode didn't make you cry too hard. Take uh, care of yourselves. Take people. care of yourself. Yes. Deserve and, it. Yeah, you really do. You really do. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>